following episode of Days of Thunder is brought to you as part of the PWOM Podcast Network. Subscribe to PWOM now to enjoy other fine podcasts talking wrestling of the past, the present, and much, much more. Let's start the show. Thunder Buddies and Travelers Down Thunder Road, it's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway, coming to you as part of the PWOM Podcast Network. I am your host, your Mid-South Coliseum upon Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I am joined, as always, by the king of rock and roll himself, Stagger Lee Malone. Lee, how are you this week? Damn, I thought you were going to say, call me the Andy Kaufman of Thundercast. Ah, uh, I should have. <laughs> um, I am in a really good mood Dave I don't know about you but I have a real pep in my step today I am I was skipping up the stairs to my office to record this I was singing it was uh, it's a great night it matters not much to uh, a lot of our Thunder Buddies who who don't care about other sports but uh, we're recording this the day that the uh, the briefly launched European Super League <laughs> of, of football, a.k.a. soccer to our American friends, uh, caved in on itself. And our club that we support, Manchester United, were one of the teams that pulled out. And a chairman that has been in position for a decade at this stage that we God, it is, yeah. do not care for at all, resigned in disgrace as a result of it. So we won't... Uh, we won't go on too long because that's the territory for our good friends at the Busting Balls podcast mm-hmm. on this network. Uh, I'm sure they'll have an exhaustive takedown of the last 48 hours. <laughs> we should say that the ESL lasted just about as long as most of Intruso Stories lines. So. Ab- absolutely did. And uh, I know as we're recording this, our good friend from the Busting Balls podcast, Jeff, is sitting on the edge of a seat waiting for Arsenal to make some sort of statement that they're against it. And, and listen, when this podcast drops on Thursday night, he'll still be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're in a great mood. It's going to be a bit loosey-goosey again. We we wanted to say it up top to explain our jovial mood um, going into this podcast, but also to say that, look, if by any chance we forget a bunch of shit that happened on this show, that's why. Because as we were both finishing off this show, all this started to happen. Yeah. Um, so our brains have just been consumed by the timeline. But we'll do our best. We've got our notes. Um, I'm sure our memories will be jogged by each other. Um, I, I, I want to say the last 24 hours has just been... Wonderful. A, yeah, a whirlwind of just ups and downs. And now it's just up. It reminds me of one of the, like, you know, the very rare occasion, like once every couple of years where wrestling Twitter unifies to dunk dunk on something. That's what it was just for 48 hours straight. Mm -hmm. And it it was quality content and the whole thing caved in. Um, Before we start, Lee, I want to uh, put in a bit of a tease. 
put put some bait Ooh. on the hook and just say that for those of you who enjoy your Days of Thunder content, we're working on something. Um, it is not WCW or even professional wrestling related. Um, but that's not to say wrestlers aren't involved. That's not to say wrestlers aren't involved. Um, what Lee wanted us to say is that um, if you were a fan of our Days of Thunder at the Movies special, you may enjoy a limited series that we have in the pipeline that we're going to be announcing very soon uh, with a couple of friends of ours. Um, that should be a kind of nice, uh, a nice let up from from what we're usually mm-hmm. doing, and just a little bit. Of it. Like I said, it's not going to be a permanent thing. It's just a little mini series for a few weeks that we're planning on that will not interrupt your regularly regularly scheduled Thunder content. Um, so I think that's all we can really say about it now, Lee, because the, the the big fat contracts are still getting signed. <laughs> we're not going to go rush out of the gate like the Super League and announce everything. Uh, but suffice to say, I think you're all going to enjoy it um, and that it's going to be a little bit of a podcast series that's, uh, that's all about family at the end of the day. And that's all we're going to say on that one. Um, Lee, football aside, how has your week been uh, just before we set off on the road to Starcade here? I can't remember. <laughs> like uh, we joked about it before we came on, but like honestly, I can't remember anything beyond the last forty hours. And um, yeah. si- like since we recorded, it feels like it feels like a long time ago since we did World War Three. Yeah, it really does. Uh, our our deadly game uh, detour has really put us off piste on uh, remembering what's <laughs> happening on Thunder. And Thunder skipping a week oh, really man. doesn't help. When I found out that happened, I was like, oh, we're fucked this yeah, week, uh, man. <laughs> I was assuming we were just going to, like, there was going to be, like, ten new characters in the show. Yeah. Uh, now, thankfully, uh, you know, not to not to spoil anything straight away but i actually think this is one of the stronger episodes of thunder we've had in a good while there was some stuff i genuinely enjoyed on this show which damn you dave you you just took my big talking point for this was actually a really good thunder oh it was a belter this is this is (laughs) we'll talk about it but this is what a b show should be it felt like Mm -hmm. i was watching like this sounds like i'm damning with faint praise but it sounds like i was watching an episode of like dark elevation yeah do you know what I mean? Where a lot of the right guys were put over, a lot of the right guys had got time to shine, um, and there was nothing. There was stuff where I was like, "Okay, you're kind of you're overdoing it here," mm-hmm. but like on the whole, I, I this hour and a half plus commercials of TV absolutely flew by for me. Yeah, and it, another thing, like the commentary had their little giggles, but they didn't yeah. overtake the show. Yeah. And they, they really, I think they really did a good job putting over pretty mm. much everyone on the show. Absolutely. But uh, I totally sympathize with your point that like, <laughs> until <laughs> I started reading my notes again, I'd forgotten so much about the show. I'd forgotten so much of what happened to me in the last two weeks that I would probably have been babbling about on the show. Um, I feel like I've been playing a game recently called Disco Elysium on, on PS5 and it's an RPG, but it starts off with your character waking up, having completely obliterated his entire memory uh, through... Uh, imbibing shall we say and whereas i don't have the imbibing yet because i have my my alcohol here ready to go um i i do sympathize with the feeling of like i can barely remember my own name that's how the last 48 hours of news has been i was just gonna say is is the um lead character like somebody called quinton from fucking terran that's in trinners (laughs) (laughs) Uh, actually here's something that's happened since our last recording lee wrestlemania no it didn't 
Yeah, because well, it was it was last oh, week. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. God, it feels, feels like a bit a month ago. ago. Um, not to kind of go too long into non-WCW stuff, but uh, on the whole, what did you think of WrestleMania week? Uh, any particular standouts for you, good or bad? Saturday, very good show. Sunday, okay show. I think it was more because uh, by then I was just tired. Yeah. Um, but no, like Sasha Bianca was like a really, really good match, a really great, like a wordy main event. Yeah. I, um, I need to rewatch it again, but my mm-hmm. good reaction on my spreadsheet was to go the full five on that because it, it may not have been a five star technical wrestling match, but in terms of like the spectacle yeah. and the historical significance. I, th- and- I think this is something we talked about with other people. Like when it's a match that. Yeah, like that, like you say, it wasn't a five star match in ring in and of itself, mm. while also being like a really good match. Yeah. But it's a match that you look back on. It's John, you know it is. It's Banks Bailey at Brooklyn. Yeah. Banks Bailey. People compared it as well to Kofi and Brian mm-hmm. um, in terms of like the emotional resonance of yeah. it. And, and I totally get that. I'd agree with you that Saturday night was definitely stronger. Uh, I very much enjoyed it, as surprised as I was, uh, Big Bobo Lasho going over. Uh, in the opener which was just like on Saturday which was just like holy shit because we were all saying we were all on a on a zoom call party thing for both nights and mm-hmm. uh, I think we were all saying look all the baby faces are going over yeah. strong all weekend and I think it made the weekend that much more dynamic and interesting having a heel go over straight away yeah. in one of the matches you would have put the house on the Drew opening winning. match in front of a crowd for the first time in a year and yeah. Vince is like nah put the heel over yeah um, outside Outside of WrestleMania, I'm trying to think of um, any particular highlights I had. I know uh, a lot of NXT wasn't for me. I watched uh, a fair a fair bit of Takeover. Um, the only match that made the the notebook for me. Uh, tag match. Sorry, the two. There's two of them. There's the tag match and uh, Walter and Tommaso Ciampa as well. Both oh, yeah. made. I haven't yeah. watched Walter Ciampa yet. Yeah, Walter made the 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 notebook twice in a week because I really enjoyed his big lads match with Rampage Brown as well. Um but I I'm aware I mean I'm a niche on that one. Um mm-hmm. but outside of that like the indies was a fairly paltry offering. Um I don't think I could do a better job taking apart the production quality of GCW <laughs> than Joe Lanza did this yeah. week. But holy shit like GCW was so, like such a, a cursed weekend like as well as just being poorly put together and incredibly poorly commentated um they were just cursed heat yeah. stroke people um no showing um injuries everything well, I, I, I think the, the no showing comes down to them just being GCW and people are just like yeah. nah fuck that I'm not going to that show well well, this is the thing people were saying as well that like because the two hubs were IWTV and GCW mm-hmm. and one of them obviously whoever booked second deliberately booked the whole way across town so there was uh, multiple occasions where people were getting stuck in traffic and missing yeah. matches and having to be replaced and in at least one match a replacement was himself replaced Tony Deppen got injured, injured in his first match yeah. of the weekend um but there's still like there there's still a few bits that that i i i would have picked out out of that like obviously the, the, the family crazy... reunion shows were just the family reunion they, they were the highlight of the weekend for me 
yeah i enjoyed the battle of the tough guys the icw but not that one haven't watched uh, show. Any of them. it's it's just like it for what it is it's fantastic mm-hmm. um i enjoyed obviously barnett versus moxley um on blood sport uh it has been remarked by our friend bose johnny among many others how funny it is that josh barnett hope uh, hosts like a shoot grappling style show and then his own match is the most pro wrestling <laughs> southern brawl you've ever seen but fuck it was electric listen josh barnett is a good wrestler yeah oh he's an excellent wrestler uh so i love that i always love blood sport shows mm-hmm. um so i i was a big fan of that um i'm trying to think of anything else there's the crazy lucha six man on rs spring break i haven't was... seen it yet it's one of those where I'm kind of like there was some really innovative, cool spots in that. But those kind of I think in my old age, Lee, I'm kind of at the moment, I'm a little bit over the let's do 4000 things in mm-hmm. a match. Um, But yeah, that's that's kind of all the stuff that's that's coming to mind anyway from that week. Uh, I'm trying to look here at what else I have. Um, Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Um, oh, I, I did quite enjoy, not at the WrestleMania site, the Young Bucks versus Death Triangle match last week on, on Dynamite as well. Fantastic match, yeah. Yeah. Um, not not as high on it as some other people, not as low on it as, as other people as well. I think the kind of, the Bucks being tied up with the we're Bullet Club but not Bullet Club thing is, that angle is kind of tiresome to me, mm. but I think the shows themselves have been knocking out of the park lately. Um, oh, and... Completely apropos of nothing, before we move on to WCW, everyone should be checking out, if for nothing else, um, on Dark Elevation every week, uh, Paul White is doing sit-down interviews with people, like character yep. profiles on them, and they have been fucking excellent. Mm-hmm. And he did one on yesterday's episode, as we're recording this, with The Acclaimed, and it's, oh, it's brilliant. Seen that one yet. It's brilliant okay. again. Um, he has been like, I know people are saying you spent all that money and Andrade is free, but do you know what? Like, I- I'm enjoying him and Tony on commentary, yeah. and these profiles have been excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he seems to be really enjoying himself. So, you know, more power to the guy. Um, Lee, let's hit the beers of thunder. What are you rocking for the show this week? Thunder forty two. So this week, I am back back on the stout, and as I read it, it's. A Porterhouse Brew Company. It's a triple XX. So four X's. I don't know why. Mm. Full on stout. And it says honest independent beer. And let me tell you. This is not not like any stout I've had before. It's, I was saying this to you before. It's like the grain is like to me the most powerful ingredient. It's not as smooth as Guinness, but it's not a bad taste, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I still think the... Oh, God, what was what was the one I saw Zig talking about last week on the timeline? Oh, I can't remember, but um, our good friend Zig um, was talking about one that I remember I got in the... Oh, it's not the International Bar. What's that one on the corner of South Circle at the... The oh, I can't think of it. I can't think of the name of the bar, but where I got the stout, like I just made a, a fucking decision to get the stout there, and it was fucking lovely. That's the best one I've ever had. But now this, like, I honestly would get this again. This is a really good stout. Hmm. While not actually feeling like a stout. Uh, I've gone full spirits to celebrate our um, 
our liberation from the tyranny of Edward. Um, <laughs> and I have gone with the Jemison Distillery Edition, my my super oh. reserved for special occasions whiskey. Mm-hmm. I have poured myself, as you can see, Lee, a large one here. Um, and it may not be the only large one of the night. Um, we shall see how things go. But I'm also pairing it with a non-alcoholic beverage so I don't get absolutely trashed on the program. Um, <laughs> That's for afterwards. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the town beside where I live, um, a new discount supermarket opened. Uh, Mr. Price, which you'll know well oh. if you're from Ireland or any of your countries that have Mr. Mm-hmm. Price. Known for uh, selling a uh, large quantity of, of things at very low prices. Uh, Did you get so we Oh, better. <laughs> we decided to go out and have a look around because there's nothing else to do. The world ended. So, mm-hmm. you know, our newfound freedom. We're allowed now to travel anywhere within our county. Lockdown rules are starting to ease. And I'm actually physically going back to work for the first time in a year and a half next week. And you got uh, the job, didn't you? I got the first one. I have yeah. to get the second one still. So sometime in the next eight weeks, I'll be getting my second one. Um, but yeah, so we went in and we found Lee um, as uh, a man. I, I've said that before on the show. I am a diabetic. So mm-hmm. finding a new um, sugar free soft drink that you enjoy is a rare treat indeed. And my favorite one, unfortunately, has never been sold en masse in Ireland. I usually only get it when I'm on holidays or the odd time uh, it will show up somewhere. And I got myself some Fanta Lemon Z. I didn't know that was a thing. It is. Not only is it a thing, but I bought 30 fucking bottles of it. You did. <laughs> I did. I left four on the shelf because you know when you you clear out the shelf and you feel guilty that like what if somebody else who's diabetic comes in and they're like oh my god that's where the Fanta Lemon was well see <laughs> see that's where I would differ from you because if I wanted it all I'd take it all yeah. well that's what Emma was trying to make me take it all originally I think I was only going to get 12 bottles and she egged me on and I got 30 um, good on Emma yeah, hopefully they restock and I can continue the gravy train rolling. But it is it is fantastic, and anybody who's ever had the Fanta Lemon Z will know what I'm talking about. Well, um, I, I would, if I were you, I'd be f- sending friend of the show Alan to go check Mister Price every day. Oh yeah, yeah, that's I. But it is his locale, so uh, uh, yeah, maybe that'll happen. Well, I'll try withhold the podcast from him unless he uh, supplies me with the, the lemon Z. Listen, if he gets it for you, I will update him or up, uh, upgrade him to um, friend of the show status permanently. Yeah. <laughs> wow, privileged, <laughs> privileged. Um, we are here to discuss Thunder episode 42, dated December 3rd, 1998, from Memphis, Tennessee, in the Mid South Coliseum. Uh, another one of the, the famous buildings in that area of the country mm-hmm. that we're visiting is this the first time on thunder road we've stopped into the mid-south coliseum i'm pretty sure it is yeah um because we've been to the cow palace mm-hmm. mid-south coliseum georgia dome and a couple of others now and they have um, uh, did you sit here during the show they announced that they're doing the astrodome for nitro oh <laughs> i didn't hear that yeah oh that's it. They're they're really like this is again like we kind of have characterized in the last couple of shows. We are still, even though creatively we're starting to go past the tipping point. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of financials, like we're still at the end of what would be the not only their best year, but the best year any wrestling company had done in history to yeah. that point. Um, making it all the more baffling how they were out of business three years later. But you know. We'll get all that in due time. Um, 
the road to Starcade is what we're on now. And this is a catch-up thunder, as we said at the start of the show. They skipped a week. Uh, and as always, if you're a long-time listener of the program, you'll know when they skip a week of thunder, they're not usually great with the explanations of what happened on the two nitros that you missed. Uh, but we'll we'll usually get a feeling based mm-hmm. on the most recent nitro. And thankfully, I feel like we got a handle on most things that were going. I thought that this is one of the better jobs of doing that they've done. I was just going to say, as as you were talking about that, I was going, hang on, I thought they actually did a good job on yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah. Right, either they did a good job, or the Nitro the week previously, nothing happened. And everything happened, like, three days before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So, they kind of tried to really quickly fill us in at the top, uh, before any video packages get rolled out. So, Brett is the US champ again. Mm -hmm. Conan is the TV champ. Uh, Hulk Hogan has retired from professional wrestling. Stop yeah. me if you've heard this one before. Uh, this time to run for president. And Big Papa Pump runs the NWO in perhaps the best bit of news we've heard. Oh, and uh, the attack on at the end, Flair Bischoff is official for Starcade. Yeah, so yeah, they, they said that Nash versus Goldberg was signed on Monday mm-hmm. and Flair versus Bischoff is happening as well. Um. And they make allusions to a swerve from Dusty Rhodes leading to that match happening we would see later on. Um, I will say, looking at our resplendent commentary team this evening, Lee, that uh, Bobby Heenan in his uh, purple velvet suit uh, <laughs> reminded me very much of a tin of Quality Street. With his uh, beige shirt. It was very late 90s colours. It was very like uh, heel Willy Wonka. <laughs> vibe going on here and a little, here a little less evil <laughs> yeah the first thing we get uh, on the program is a real puff piece oh, Hogan man. video package the most self like if uh, you would have very little trouble convincing me that Hogan put this package together himself <laughs> it is the most blowing smoke up the ass of a man and again Another video package from WCW where you would swear he died. Yes. This has happened before, hasn't it? With the giant when he got Ganso bombed. It's so weird the way this is their go-to sequence. Like, um, Yeah, like they, they open with like American Maid playing, which is the first time in what? Three years? Two, two and a half years this would have been heard on WCW yeah, programming? Yeah, the beach. Yeah. And it's like the biggest name, like they actually say, like he's the biggest name ever. He made pro wrestling what it is today. Yeah. Bearing in mind that like less than a month ago, they're like, oh, this dickhead is trying to ruin wrestling. Yeah, like three <laughs> weeks ago, Tony Schiavone was calling him like fucking every name under the sun. They were making yeah. jokes about him being president. Yeah. And now he's yeah. like, ah, oh, babyface Hulk Hogan. What a guy. Yeah, what, what a guy. We'll never see his like again. Unfortunately, that would not necessarily be true. Uh, yeah, this package is quite something. I, I couldn't get over it. And it went on for a while. Oh, this, like, this, this thing never ended. This show overruns by nearly 10 minutes. Um, and this is a couple of minutes of why. Um, fucking hell. Uh, you, we you, co- you really needed that recap of his movie career, didn't we? Yeah, because I'll tell you what, a lot of the people at home probably never heard of Hulk Hogan, so you, you do need to remind people who Hulk Hogan is. You need that Hulk Hogan on Baywatch cameo. Fucking hell. Um, right, so we, we cut back to the crowd, and I immediately see uh, what is the horny section of the Mid-South Coliseum. <laughs> Was uh, Waller there? 
Uh, Thirst Central. Two signs, one beside the other. One saying, Big Sexy Rocks My World. And the other saying, Goldberg can spear me anytime. I didn't see that one. I did see one that said, Scott Hall buys me beer. (laughs) I hope the police are looking into that, among other signs. Um... But yeah, and they they show the big sexy rocks my world a couple more times in the program just in case you missed it. Maybe the um, maybe big the, sexy was in the uh, camera in the truck that that night. Yeah, maybe the person holding the Goldberg sign collapsed out of sheer mortification about halfway through. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, we go straight back to Nitro, uh, where we have Scott Steiner calling out Scott Hall, Battle of the Scots. Um, Hall says in his promo that getting beaten up is what he does. He says he ain't got many friends anymore. Uh, Nash comes out. One of the things I love about Kevin Nash promos, Lee, is that Kevin Nash has found, like, the cool guy way to hold a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Like, I love the 2021 iteration of Kevin Nash as much as the next guy, the, the woke icon Kevin Nash. But there's a kind of there's a lot to be said for '90s Kevin Nash being so obsessed with people thinking it was cool. Oh yeah, like mid thirties Kevin Nash in his gang colors. Yeah, with uh, his baggy jeans. Yeah, he's holding that mic like the coolest fucking guy in town. He says that they don't see uh, eye to eye anymore. Uh, they haven't seen eye to eye in some time. But uh, on this occasion, he'll be his huckleberry. Yeah. And uh, did you got that reference? Oh, of course, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when did Tombstone come out? Was it around this time? Nineteen ninety-four, I want to say. A fucking great movie. Oh yeah, incredible movie. Uh, nineteen ninety-three. Three. Ah. Yeah. So yeah, an absolutely fantastic movie, and it makes me wonder, like, uh, how great wrestling would be if Kevin Nash would play Val Kilmer playing Doc Holliday. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Holliday the wrestler I would be down for it but it would have to be that specific performance where like Kevin Ash is coming out acting like he's got the consumption uh, <laughs> just coughing a lung up and sweaty every week brilliant <laughs> <laughs> must be a peach of a hand <laughs> um, um, what, what do you think of this like Scott Hall is NWO affiliated without being NWO affiliated it's weird. I feel like this is one of those, because we know where Starcade is going. Mm-hmm. It feels like we need to rush through the outsiders being kind of cool with each other again, because, you know, we've got more important things on. Yeah, um, like... Uh, it feels like something you could have built to... And I think we were saying this when they had already started mm-hmm. moving in that direction on the pay-per-view. This is something you could have teased out for ages, and you could have made a mint off the Outsiders reunion run. Except they just uh, did the tag match on Nitro. Yeah, except they just <laughs> gave it away for free. And we, Lee, we will never know if they teased that one on the previous Nitro because am I fuck ever watching it? No. Um, but yeah, what did you think of it? Like, it's that thing of I know where it goes, and like knowing where it goes, and knowing that the Skahal interference in the main event isn't out of nowhere yeah it doesn't it makes me not hate it but yeah they're going against the nwo like scott steiner specifically yeah who is one of the first members outside of themselves and hogan yeah into the new nwo Mm. 
It what it feels like again, like you, I'm not as annoyed as I am with other things that the company is doing at the time. Mm-hmm. But what it is, it's another sign of money left on the table yeah. for something a way you could have gone. It's not as egregious, but slightly reminiscent of the period where they were just cutting out Hogan programs left, right and centre to get to the Goldberg match because yep. they just wanted to do the Goldberg match and didn't have the patience. Yep. Um, that's what it reminded me of. Um, but again, like I said, less egregious because they were only knocking one f- uh, potential angle out of the way as opposed to about a half dozen. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, we, we fast forward to that tag match. Uh, where the NWO ref is refusing to count the pin, which would, uh, which actually, in a way, uh, is good foreshadowing. Yes, it is. Or um, else just lazy booking. Or lazy booking. You know, potato, potato. Uh, <laughs> two sides of the same coin. Um, refusing to count the pin for the outsiders, and the NWO ref eats a jackknife. Also foreshadowing. Uh, or lazy booking. Potato, potato. Um <laughs> Next, Scott Steiner is out with said NWO ref, who seems to have recovered from his jackknifing. Uh, this was quite a promo. <laughs> was it? Because I fucking hated it. <laughs> uh, well, that, like, it was insane. So I loved it, but not in a way that made me want to like pay to see a professional wrestling match. Uh, I loved it because it was crazy Scott Steiner just saying bullshit. Like, yeah, he wasn't... Act- like, he was talking and he was... Ragging on the crowd, but he wasn't actually saying anything. Saying much. Yeah. yeah. It uh, was just him ratting a raven. Um, and I'll tell you what, before we get into the details of it, Lee, I will put all the money in my pocket that he did the tour of Graceland that day and he just couldn't stop thinking about it. And that's <laughs> <laughs> that's why this promo happened. <laughs> Imagine... Imagine rocking up to Graceland in, ni- in like December 1998. Yeah, and there, he would, there you are to take the tour, and who's next to you? Only Scott Steiner. Uh, you, shirtless man in the black pants. <laughs> With the chainmail on. Yeah, the sunglasses <laughs> inside during the day. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, I, was watching, I was watching the show, and Connor turns to me and says, Oh, my God, like, how do you get to be that big? <laughs> And as I'm looking at him, all I can see is a vein. He's like 90% vein at this stage. Just just a vein in pants. And I'm just going, a lot of hard work. Yeah. (laughs) Saying your prayers and eating your vitamins, kiddo. That's what you got to link it back to, like, whatever food Connor hates eat. It's like, well, he ate his broccoli growing up. And he could do a Frankensteiner. (laughs) Yeah. What have you done, kid? You've done nothing for the territory. I'm gonna pull that one on. Yeah, <laughs> you're drawing a dime, kid. You uh, <laughs> haven't even got to the first match. Oh, Lord above! So he says he knows Graceland is down the road because obviously he got his tote bag from the gift <laughs> shop backstage. But uh, even though, do you think he got a jumpsuit? No, because he couldn't because it would cover the top half of him. Like he might have got the tracksuit. No, oh, do you know what? Now all I want is, is Scott Steiner and the flying Elvises. Or, or, oh, do you know what he would do? He'd get the jumpsuit, but he'd do like you know the hard men in prison, and he'd 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 take off the top half of the jumpsuit and tie Rap, it yeah. round of his waist to like accentuate his yeah. his, his vascularity. Um, 
He says that even though uh, Elvis was the king of rock and roll, he's the new king of the world, the new leader of the new world order. Uh, th- then he started an extended bit about hoochies. Uh, he says hoochies that, a lot. He says <laughs> really. And I would have thought hoochies was an outdated phrase at this point. But, you know, I'm not going to say that to Scott Steiner. Uh so he says that even though Elvis was a ladies' man, he is king of the night. And if he just left it at that, like, which is for Scott Steiner, incredibly so, yeah. um, I would have liked it a lot more. But then he goes, he goes on about the hoochies. And he says that tonight he's going to pay tribute to Elvis and basically implies that he's going to get in the NWO private jet, circle over Graceland while he's riding a bunch of hoochies. That, that, that's basically what he says yes yeah he's bringing the he's he's bringing the hoochies up to go downtown or something like that he said it was it was quite an appearance from scott steiner and then finally after this extended uh bit about graceland <laughs> and uh god i'm actually just thinking now imagine scott steiner's trip advisor review of graceland <laughs> not enough hoochies oh my god <laughs> this guy ever beat no hoochies two out of ten <laughs> maybe he started comparing his trophy cabinet to his own trophies <laughs> yeah. you also have one of these as well uh, itchy ban <laughs> oh Jesus so um, he, he finally turns his attention to Scott Hall says that he needs to be very afraid tonight and he guarantees he is going to hurt him then finally, in the fifth segment of the show, Lee, we have our first match. Um, it's Cyclope versus Eddie, a match such as it is. Um, Are we sure it's first... Cyclope? Yeah, exactly. It, the uh, We'll go air quotes, Cyclope. Uh, <coughs> alleged Cyclope versus Eddie. Um, what I've noticed this week, um, and either it's... Uh, early in the run of doing it or it had gone away for a while and I'd forgotten about it is the embossed effect Thunder logo on the mat now. Yeah, I actually noticed that as well, yeah. And it's a cool look because mm-hmm. I, I, I like the, the grey ring skirt and everything like yeah. that. I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I've always been a fan of the Thunder set. Um, So yeah, this little bit of... um, Because that is the thing. You, you kind of... um. For a B show like this, you really need the branding to be strong. And when the the matches are happening in the ring, you get very little indication that it's thunder. <laughs> because it's, as far as I know, it's not on the the turnbuckle pads or anything no, like that. It's, it's just, just on the plain, outside it's of the just ring, like plain black. Yeah. Um. So it's a decent couple of minutes of like them just doing spots. Uh. Until. Go on, you were to say something. Yeah, I was just gonna, like it. I don't want to say it was a nodding match because. It wasn't bad, but it just very much felt like, ah, we'll just throw Eddie out there. Yeah, it it felt like the two of them knew that this was ending in a a no contest, so they Mm. just didn't go hard at it. It was pleasant and enjoyable, what they were doing. Like I said, nothing was bad, but... Like like, like I said at the top of the show, I thought um, Bobby did a really good job putting over Eddie. Yeah. Like, he, he talks about how Eddie is, like, the best Guerrero he's ever seen. Like, and he's, he's like, oh, well, I've been in there with all of the Guerreros. And Eddie yeah. is far and away the best. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, Bobby had a particularly strong night tonight, mm. I thought, um, both in terms of uh, putting the right people over and a couple of times absolutely driving Tony Schiavone insane. <laughs> and particularly, he has a particular like Hall of Fame level troll effort on Tanae that we'll talk about later. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, iconic Bobby Heenan stuff. But uh, so basically, yeah. It goes on for a couple of minutes, and then Eddie signals to the back. But as soon as he signals to the back, before anyone is even shown or anything happens, the bell just rings. Now, see, what I thought happened now, Eddie lays out Seiko play with the the brain buster. Yeah. And he looks as if he's going to the top rope for the frog splash, and he doesn't. Yeah. And he walks towards the ref. Now, my initial thing was, oh, is Eddie after giving, like, verbally submitting... Right. And that's when he called everyone out. Hmm. Because, like you say, the ref throws the match out instantly. Yeah. And we never and they get... never announce a winner or no, anything No, we like never that. get a decision. Yeah. Um, curious. Uh, and yeah, it may be a thing where in the ring it made more sense, but this could be on the, mm-hmm. the, the production crew just directing it badly. They have a bad night for technical difficulties, as we'll talk about again in a bit. Um, but the bell... If you're a television viewer, it appears that the bell just fucking rings. rings yeah. And then the LWO come out, and long story short, they successfully recruit Cyclope, or the artist alleging to be Cyclope, into the organization. I um, mean, so, I want to say, fair play to Dean Malenko being in the Horseman and the LWO at the same time. Yeah, I know. that. I'll tell you what, a workhorse. A workhorse. <laughs> uh, we have a flashback to Giant costing DDP the US title, of which we will get more later. Um, Giant comes out... Uh, to wrestle the Renegade. I'm sure you're excited for this Matt Classic, Lee. I mean, you say that. Wasn't I th- bad, was I it? thought this was good. <laughs> like, on the Renegade scale, this is true to roof. Like. <laughs> the Renegade scale. Um, <laughs> that's, so, that, that's your next thing, the Renegade scale. Yeah, Giant puts a whooping on this dude early. Uh, does a mock diamond cutter gesture. Uh, and this is pretty like Giants feuds in WCW are characterized by him just mocking the guy he's feuding with with taunts like because he was doing it with Big Sexy mm-hmm. when we started this show uh, and now he's doing it with Paige um, and I mean he, Renic- mocked, he mocked Cantor by smoking on his way to the ring constantly indeed <laughs> um, so we had uh, what appeared to be a weird referee moment in the last match and we have another weird referee moment here or at least it wouldn't have been had Tony Schiavone not opened his big mouth. So Renegade starts a brief comeback but as he's doing the comeback like the camera zooms right in on them in the corner and <laughs> Renegade appears to be pretty much punching Giant directly in the throat <laughs> and Tony goes... Well, well, that's illegal. That should be a disqualification. <laughs> but you got to do something, right? <laughs> like, Tony, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he does about eight thrusts to the throat. And they're not even like, the, you know, like the cane one. They're like yeah. little short fucking jabs. Jabs, yeah. <laughs> like, Tony, the referees are fucking useless enough in this company without you drawing attention to it. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> um, it's just very funny. Um... Giant fights off these illegal blows to the throat, seeing as the referee is not going to help him. What a baby face. Yeah. And this heroic baby face wins, but not just a choke slam, but a super choke slam, which is always a move I used to give my creative wrestlers on wrestling yes. games because it just looks cool as fuck. I've always, always thought that the. What what did he call it when he went to the, the show stopper? Isn't that what he called it? 
Yeah. Now he didn't always do it from the middle rope, but like where he'd have them up and he'd torn mid stroke slam. Yeah. I always thought it looked when, fucking when, great. And when he was able to do it one handed as well. Yeah. When the guy was light enough. That was like his own little spin on the choke slam and it really yeah. made it cool looking. It really did. It looked just more devastating mm-hmm. than your, your run of the mill choke slam. He hops on the mic immediately after this victory and says that Renegade and this oh, God, the Renegade got done dead. dirty here. He got this. killed here. <laughs> He goes there now. Bear in mind, we we've talked about the history of the Renegade and how Renegade has kind of in recent months on appearances on Thunder, he's tried to very much make everyone forget that he was like a mm-hmm. warrior cosplayer, uh, and then we felt so bad for him uh, at War Games when he had to be the stunt double for the Warrior for his Smoke and Mirrors show. Um, giant hops straight on the mic and says renegade is the second imposter that he's done in this week renegade thought he was the warrior and ddp thought he was a people's champion i thought the second half of that was a pretty good line mm-hmm. it was like oh man you didn't have to do in the renegade like that poor renegade yeah um ddp then out to confront giant who just hightails it out with the fucking country it just reminds me of that bit you know in the simpsons where there's the homer shaped cloud <laughs> uh it's just like Paige comes out and Giant is fucking gone. Like I, I did enjoy Giant's one line of calling everyone in Memphis trailer trash spam eating scum. It's <laughs> <laughs> great line. I don't think the brain turns to Tony. He's like, you like spam, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, good stuff. Uh, our next match pitted Chavo Guerrero versus Mike Enos. And look, people are going to think that uh, we are on something, Lee. I assure you this isn't the alcohol talking. This match fucking ruled. This was very, very good. This was fabulous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This was like the best um, like underdog guy trying to steal a win from a, an absolute monstrous mm-hmm. powerhouse I've seen in ages and definitely the best one I've seen in ages in this company um, do, do we have to retract everything we've ever said about Chavo now? no it's an Enos carrying him to a, to a <laughs> <laughs> little, pop, you know, little pop of pump strikes again yeah you know what they've always said about Mike Enos is that guy could carry a wooden horse to a four-star match. Mm-hmm. They, they, they've all said it. Enough about Flair. Um, so, all power from Enos earlier on, uh, including an impressively long gorilla press. Um, we like walks he, him from rope to rope. Yeah, yeah. He keeps tr- he keeps uh, threatening to to throw him out of the ring on a particular side. Is it Charles Robinson as the ref? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, no, 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 don't throw him out. So he goes over to the next side of the ring and he's going to throw him out. There. He's like, no, 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 don't throw him out. So this is this is great. And Chavo kind of pops out with a gorilla press because again, within the logic of the match, it makes sense that eventually he's going to fight back mm-hmm. from up there. Um, he's not just going to stand there dead. Um, he nearly scores a roll up on Enos bails out of the ring um, baseball slide dropkick keeps him out of the ring then Chavo nearly fucking dies he owes his life to Mike Enos <laughs> so it reminds me of the one who was it Cesaro caught that time oh um, 
I know the one you're talking about, and I, I yeah. can't think of it. So there's a famous spot that became a gift forever of Cesaro. Somebody does a springboard move and falls short, and Cesaro just with raw strength grabs them while they're upside down about a foot from the ground and mm-hmm. horks them back up again. And this is basically what happens here. Chavo, like, dramatically misses with the plancha. And he is, like, this close yeah. to cracking his skull off the floor. And Enos just his leg. powers him up. Yeah, he grabs his he, leg. He, he grabs his leg, powers him up a little, puts him down, and then, like, in what must have been, like, a panicked situation thinks quickly and gets a hold of the leg and starts jaw jacking mm-hmm. with Chavo. And then while Chavo gets a moment to catch his breath because he nearly died, uh, Enos turns around and starts slagging off the fans. Yeah. He goes, uh, Goldberg is nothing, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Some kid off screen. I really hope that uh, Enos got beaten by Goldberg on Monday now. Oh, um, just bring yeah, a full just circle. him up to put him yeah. down again. Um, Chavo gets some fire in him and they're up on the top rope and then this is where the match went from good to great. Yes. <laughs> because Mike Enos like it was nothing scores an avalanche power bomb out of the corner. A super bomb was not what I expected to see on the show. Nearly puts him through the fucking ring <laughs> and then he um he does that and then he gets him back up. He just takes Chavo's limp body and then just does a Brett's rope twisting power slam with Chavo on him and pulls him up at one. Do you know what it was like? What? It was like a tour of the islands. It was, yeah. Oh, it basically was a tour of the islands off the top rope. You're dead right. Uh, or, well, sorry, off Brett's rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, he pulls him up at one. Nearly ruined by Tony describing it as a fallaway slam, but we'll forgive him because we were all excited in this moment. Um, there's another power slam attempt and Chavo I watched this like twice or three times Chavo like floats over the power slam attempt and ends up in a pinning position I was I like don't holy know, shit yeah, that I was don't good. know how he did it yeah Um. so yeah uh, Enos then so Chavo kind of like rolls out to recover after this kick out um, Enos decides he's going to lure Chavo back in by grabbing Pepe and leaning it over the ropes to taunt him but he doesn't realise that Chavo has snuck in behind him tries to roll him again um, <clears throat> tries to roll him uh, doesn't work Enos is then bull thick he grabs Chavo he plants Pepe on the ground he's going to power bomb him onto Pepe Chavo slips out rolls sunset him flip. up yep. sunset flip rolls him up wins that fucking ruled and yep. not only did it fucking rule but it followed up with Enos beating Chavo to death Um, it's the old um, Cesaro Matt Seidel spot isn't it where yeah. he goes up for the power bomb and he just floats through right into a sunset flip. It was it, this is <clears throat> by a considerable distance the smoothest Chavo has mm-hmm. ever looked in the ring. Apart from nearly killing himself once, he was he pitched a perfect game here and Enos looked like a hoss. Yeah, Enos looked great. Chavo like you said like actually like he actually, you know, contributed to the match in a positive way. There was very little shenanigans with Pepe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know what I will say on his entrance the fans were into him yeah Chavo got a lot out of this match and I don't think Enos lost anything because mm-hmm. of the way the finish was done where he caught him Enos popped Rack back up and started strangling him and had to be pulled off by Doug Dillinger and his team of dads the green shirt security yeah 
they oh my god the most kind of um pta dads on a day yeah. out you've ever seen like i don't know where you pick these guys up from but fucking hell i mean ecw had atlas security and those yeah. fucking druggy looking bastards yeah. wcw has your da yeah has <laughs> has the like the i don't know the fucking the the local billiards club um Next up was Ray versus Viano Five. Ray still the reluctant LWO member. Um, in I, in what we have to say is the largest T-shirt ever seen on television. Yeah, it's. I thought it was a poncho at first, but it was actually just a gigantic T-shirt, wasn't it? I think I think they say at some stage it's like a triple XL. Yeah, which is just when you consider like nineteen ninety eight Ray, it's just ridiculous. I, I, there's a moment here where so uh, it's announced that it's Viano 5 and Bobby <laughs> immediately go or no was it uh, was it Bobby uh, Bobby goes yeah yeah he's like is this Viano 4 or Viano 5 and uh, Tony says you know well it's 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 Viano 5 and Bobby goes yeah I, I see how you could get him mixed up yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Straight away, we get a uh, technical difficulties graphic. So for yeah. pretty much this whole match, there was like issues with sound and feedback and things. Um, and the network informed us that they were presenting it in the authentic manner in which it was broadcast. Thanks for that. Um, Michael Cole voiceover. I mean, it was totally authentic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Ray does a cannonball to the outside. Viana Viana does some wacky lucha stretches that uh, a, a stretch so strong that it kills the TV signal for about a second. <laughs> um, I enjoyed Viano in this match. Like, this match isn't, you know, a huge amount to write home about, but I like the idea of a lucha bruiser in the division. Yeah. Just fucking stretching like, dudes. That's, that's Man, I'm what, having that. That's what they should have. Um, like, look, the, the idea of having all the luchadors, like, why not put them in there, like, with Eddie, like, with Ciclope in the first match. Put Ray in there with Viano or fucking La Parca or, you know. Yeah. Give, give guys matches that they're going to stand out. And, like, Ray yeah. stands out in this. Ray stands out. And, again, like I said, Viano does as well mm-hmm. because he's doing something a little bit different from the other luchadors. Um, we get a buttery smooth what uh, starts out looking like it's going to be a code red into a bulldog from from Ray, which looked mm-hmm. cool. And then he hits the springboard Hurricane Rana for the win. I, do you know what? I actually prefer this to the... I think what what would they end up calling it in WWE the West Coast Pop where he'd roll through into the pin. Yeah, I actually prefer this kind of run where he kind of lets go. Yeah, it looks like it has more whip on mm-hmm. it. Mm. I think it looks a lot better. Um, so after that we get Tony on the ramp. Yeah, so <laughs> Tony tries to interview Ray, but as soon as that happens, the LWO comes out. That in and of itself, Lee, not very special. But what is very special is the man that I will now describe as Hipster Hoovy. Did you see the, <laughs> the get-up of this man? Yes. The glasses, the styrofoam coffee cup, the the black, silky, kind of like I'm heading to uh, uh, like an Edgar Allan Poe poetry reading get-up. Um, <laughs> what the fuck was going on here? Hoovy was having a night here. Well, I mean, look, we've seen Hartrob Hoovy. Yeah. We've seen Luchador Hoovy. Yeah. And now we're into what did you just call him? Hipster Hoovy. Hipster Hoovy. There you go. This so it's three hoovy. three stages of Hoovy. Yeah. <laughs> the three faces of Hoovy. <laughs> well, same face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um 
So Eddie has a great line in here where he says, look, uh, the, the this LWO thing, it's not about you, it's about us, but then immediately goes, I am the leader. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and will I will decide who gets their title try, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he said that uh, Ray is obsessed with the Cruiserweight title, but he's going to decide who becomes the number one contender. Tony says, oh, sorry, you interrupted me because I was about to make an announcement. A match has just been signed. It's Ray versus Hoovy next week uh, to decide who the number one contender is. So I'm already a little bit hyped. Yeah, next week we're, get, we're actually getting billed to a thunder. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, if they fucking do that on a nitro and we don't get it, I'll, I'll be bummed out. I'm not going to look, but I'll be bummed out. Um, <laughs> what they're going to do instead is Lenny Lane versus Ray for the number one contendership on nitro. <laughs> <laughs> we get a um, we get a, a quick look back at nitro to the Nash and Goldberg contract signing. And Nash looked absolutely hammered. And that was probably because he was absolutely yeah, hammered. Yeah. Yeah, just staring Goldberg over and then making Pulling faces, faces doing, <laughs> throwing up the two sweets. And Goldberg wasn't even looking no. at him. Like it very much like looked like Goldberg was shoot annoyed with them. Mm-hmm. Like and yeah, you couldn't fucking blame them. Um, um, what did you think of WCW official Terrence Taylor? Oh yeah, it was weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although I did appreciate him. Like uh, Goldberg wouldn't even look at him. Because he goes to pass the pen to Goldberg, and Goldberg doesn't even turn around. He just reaches up as like, give me the pen. <laughs> um, our next encounter... Oh, hang on, Raph. hang on. Before we get oh. to that. Before we get to that. Oh, hello. Did you see who one of our newest followers on Twitter.com is in the past oh, week? Please let the people know. One Mr. Real Brian Clark is now one of the Thunder Buddies. We would like to welcome the artist formerly known as Wrath, to the circle, to the Thunder Buddies. And I, uh, I want to say publicly that I have never had a bad word to say about Wrath. Yeah. <laughs> I was a and big fan of Adam Bomb. Any, uh, yeah, any uh, podcast evidence to the contrary has been doctored <laughs> uh, by the, the anti-Wrath conspiracy. Um, right, next up, we have the greatest wrestler uh, in the world, Wrath, against our boy, our favorite. Chocolate Chip Minton. Yeah. Chocolate Giddy, Chocolate Um, And this was an absolute squash. <laughs> this was Chocolate Chip Minton. <laughs> I'll tell you what. And you know what? They picked him up at the start of the show. We have <laughs> double did. Olympian Chip Minton on the show tonight. <laughs> they really should have just stopped at double Olympian and not kept mentioning that it was for bobsledding. Listen, <laughs> like just have you have you ever bobsled? I have not. I, I the closest I've come to bobsledding is I watch Cool Runnings. And uh, then you have no year. idea how difficult it is to bobsled. That is true. That is very very true. Who are you to doubt, Mister Chip Minton? I, I feel so bad because chocolate chip Minton was basically a fine chocolate paste by the end of this match. He was a melted chocolate chip ice cream. Yeah, and I imagine at the end of this match a chocolate paste is probably what was left in the fucking singlet because, Jesus, he was folded up like an accordion six yep. ways from Sunday in this thing. Uh, roughed around the place. Um, the only notable part of this match is uh, Tanay comes out, and apparently Tanay had had laryngitis and had to leave the broadcast mid-nitro. Um, but he was back on Thunder, and the entire purpose of him coming out there 
was to put over, as you were mentioning, Lee, uh, Chocolate Chip Mitten's credentials, his double Olympian, all this and that. He was, uh, um, at, was it Lilyhammer and Nagano Winter yeah. Olympics? He puts them over at length. There's maybe about a 20 seconds of a pause. And then Heenan, who clearly was on another planet, when Tanae was talking, just goes, Hey, Tanae, did... um." I, I believe that uh, Chip Mitten has uh, some sort of background in athletics. <laughs> and Tony fucking loses it with him. <laughs> Tony is basically telling me, no, don't say it again. <laughs> no, you should have listened the first time. He's basically saying on the air, he's doing a bit, Mike, don't answer him. Yeah, don't fall for it. <laughs> and then he goes like, did he do luge in high school as well or something? That's what I actually meant. But we also should say we get a Karen Tanay mention on commentary where yeah. Bobby and Tony take the piss out of Tanay for going home <laughs> <laughs> and them being allowed back on the show. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. So, um, yeah. uh, we have to mention in the time we were off in the two Nitros, we missed we missed Rat, the greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah. Finally being defeated. Yes. We did. The win streak is over. Who did he uh, succumb to? The giant killer. Oh, it's sad to see, isn't it? I mean, listen, when when you know your boss is also the guy you're facing. There's only one outcome. Yeah. There is only, as we would see, unfortunately, <laughs> more times than a, than a few. Um, so we go back to Nitro. That this last match, by the way, ended with a meltdown, shock of shocks. Um. We go back to Nitro, and this is where Flair calls out Bischoff, and he wants a match with him at Starcade. Uh, Bischoff says, "This is like the it's the most pro wrestling logic thing in the world." Instead of just going, "No," <laughs> he says, "Okay," but I'm here with Mister Barry Windham, so who apparently has turned on the Horseman. Yeah. <laughs> so we, yeah. we we never saw him join the Horseman. No, yeah, this was this was so. I'm assuming. This happened on the, the Nitro right after so, the pay So, this, this is the timeline. The Nitro before World War II, Wyndham joined the Horseman. The, World War III. Or, sorry, World War III. Um, World War III, we did not see Barry Wyndham. Or the, the Thunder before it. <laughs> Scene missing. Um, the Nitro after World War III, Barry Wyndham turned his back on the Horseman without actually joining the NWO. Yeah. And then... On the Nitro following that, before the, the three days before our Thunder, we get Wyndham with Bischoff. Bischoff, yeah. And he now has to face Malenko, and if Malenko wins, Flair gets um, Bischoff at the pay per view. This is the um, this is the exception, like we were talking about. Whereas most stuff they kind of filled us in pretty well mm-hmm. on. It's like the Thunder crew are contractually obliged not to mention Barry Wyndham. Because they they didn't mention him on Thunder that no. he was back. They mentioned him on the pay per view, wasn't it? That mm-hmm. he had come back on Nitro. We didn't know anything about it. So yeah, um, we had to really put two and two together here ourselves. Um, but not only was it Malenko versus Barry Windham, it was with the returning Dusty Rhodes as the special guest referee. Sorry, that's NWO's Dusty Rhodes. Yes, in his T-shirt and all, just to remind you. Um, Again, shocking that he should make his return just to do this, but uh, Dusty turns on the NWO and declares Malenko the winner. We never see why. Uh, 
We never see why. They just cut to him holding up uh, Malenko's hand and um, Bischoff fires Dusty on the spot. The horseman, the horsemen leg it out and Bischoff runs away like a scalded dog, as Jim Ross would say. Okay, um, I'm going to try and make some logic out of the Dusty turn. Okay, right. Continuity Malone is back in the office, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to I'm gonna mute the microphone for a second, enjoy a <laughs> sip of whiskey, and watch you talk your way out of this. So, at the start of the year, Dusty was a commentator on the show during the whole... Zib- a horrendous one. A really bad one. During the Zabisco Scahal feud. Night of Destiny, baby. And then, of course, Dusty would do the big turn. And align himself with Scott Hall, who in storyline, I think himself and Dusty go back to like the mid-80s in Florida. That was the story that Scott was always one of his boys. And I don't mean that in a WWF kind of way. Um, But yeah, Scott and Dusty were always tight and, you know, clicky and whatever. So now it makes sense that Scott Hall has gone from the NWO. So what allegiance does Dusty have to them? I, I guess so. You've, do you know what? That's one of continu- Continuity Malone's better efforts, I will say. I mean, it makes um, sense. I mean, I don't know why yeah. you're siding with the horseman. Uh, and would you suspect it's the kind of sense that they actually thought about it, or it just coincidentally makes sense? I think Dusty just wanted to be on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up, we have a weird segment that I both did and did not enjoy. Um... So, Raven and Canyon are out. <laughs> Casually mentioned by Canyon that Raven put his head through a window today. Uh, says that he knows he's depressed, knows he blames his mom. Uh, but Canyon knows how to turn that frown upside down. I love this. Uh, and he asks the crowd, who's not better than Canyon? And everybody says, everybody goes, see, I got you. <laughs> because I said, who's not better than Canyon? Which means I'm better than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking. He was on cloud nine with this. So I, um, I, I've been thinking about this. I yeah. think if we ever, if we ever do a t-shirt, yeah, we have to do who's better than Days of Thunder. <laughs> who's better than Thunder? Everybody on the back. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that has to be at, like if we ever go down that line, it has to be yeah. that because Canyon has been just such a treasure. Yeah, well, you know, it's right up there in the ideas with the the Finnish counter by Ludwig Borga mm-hmm. t-shirts, um, the <laughs> the Enos Alert shirt. That's another <laughs> one. Yeah, be up there as well. Yeah, <laughs> I want one that's like the um the silhouette of the cat karate kicking the Armstrongs <laughs> with Bobby Heenan looking over his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just the silhouette of Bobby Heenan looking awkwardly through the door. Yeah. <laughs> T-shirt companies, we will be co-opted in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> just reach out. Bruce Pritchard has nothing on us. Yeah. The uh, the match in question is going to be Raven and Canyon versus Benoit and Mongo with Aaron Anderson and his lovely white T-shirt. Um, Very enjoyable couple of minutes to start. Uh, wrestling Benoit Canyon mm-hmm. that's hard to not enjoy um, it's an interesting story to this match Lee um, early on and I'll tell you why so the the story of the match nominally is that Canyon keeps wanting to tag but Raven is doing his Charlie Brown and just looking at the floor 
and doesn't want to, to come in or has no interest in coming in. <clears throat> but what is actually happening for the first half of this match is uh, Kanye's actually doing quite a good job by himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he pretty much is beating the hell out of Benoit mostly and then at one point uh, so Kanye is getting frustrated but he hasn't lost his temper yet and Mongo gets tagged in but then when in a minute Kanye is beating him around the place as well Um, so it's weird like I would think you know uh, to hammer home the point of what you're doing you'd want Kanye to be getting like catching a beating pretty early Yeah, but I guess you're telling the story of his frustration as well here. Um, Mongo locks in a chin lock and starts shouting at Raven, who doesn't even look up. Um, the ER of professional wrestling on the corner there. Um, horsemen start taking advantage of the match. Uh, Raven's still absolutely no interest in coming in. Benoit misses the diving headbutt. Canyon once again goes for the tag gets nothing he goes back and again after catching a bit of a beating from benoit and mongo just turns around hits the sit out dominator and looks to be back on Great top move. <laughs> oh fantastic um this time he goes for the tag and he finally loses patience he forcibly tags raven in raven immediately just leaves and mickey j counts him out but while the countdown is happening benoit who didn't know the tag had happened locks canyon in the crossface when the bell rings, uh, Benoit is briefly pissed because it was a countout. He didn't realize he had the illegal man in the crossface. So I think they got where they needed to mm-hmm. go with this. I was really enjoying the first half of this match, but I think there was probably a better and quicker way to tell the same story. As much as I enjoyed the parts where Canyon was beating around the horseman, I don't think you needed it considering what the purpose of the segment was. Look, I'm for a show that was running ten minutes over as well. Like. Yeah, look, there's a couple of things I'm I'm excited about by this. This is the first mention of Raven's Ma on the show. Yeah, which is a big important turning point in Raven's arc. Yeah. Um. Secondly, Canyon has been treated seriously. Yep. Which we lamented a couple of weeks ago that he hadn't been for a while, but now he's back. Absolutely. On the open up, um, and also. We're starting to get the horsemen as a tag team. Now, I'm not excited about Mongo. Yeah. But ultimately, we get Benoit Malenko and mm-hmm. Aaron at ringside with them. Yeah. And we're starting to ease into that. And that's that's an exciting thing. Yeah. That is, there, that there's is, some those good are stuff the on. Yeah, there's sure. some good positives take away from this. Yeah. Uh, we get a Nitro flashback as Conan beats Jericho for the TV title. Jericho not on this show at all. Oh, uh, um, mentioning Jericho. Chris Jericho was on the WWE Network since we last oh, recorded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that did happen. Jesus, there's been so much happening. Um, and, yeah, and he talked got, all got about this. Put, <laughs> got, yeah, talked about this, got to put over AEW Strong, and then AEW did their broke 1.2 yeah. million. Uh, with him, uh, him versus Bald Revival getting 1.35 million, yeah. the peak of the viewers. Um, what did he say about this? He mentioned that after the whole Goldberg stuff not being done that he realised you know he he wasn't going any further and whatever about, I, don't, I don't think he said glass ceiling but you know he mentions kind of briefly you know I knew I had to go yeah spinning his wheels kind of thing and he said you know they made me drop the title to Conan I think he said it was the US belt whatever Um, he said you know I know I thought oh well you know they're just going to job me out because I'm not signing the contract he said no that's it I was gone gone for three months 
just off Aww. TV. Aww. So I don't think we're going to be seeing much of Chris Jericho anymore on the show. Oh no. <laughs> I'm actually going to so if if that is the end of him I'll look it up uh, on Cage Match after this. If it is, I think we'll kick off next week with a, 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 a like a little retrospective segment on the the Jericho 98 mm-hmm. run. Uh, I think it's only fair cuz he's the first like big guy to leave mm-hmm. uh, during this period because I know I know Giant's about it, but it's not like we have a fucking showreel of great <laughs> memories from phoning it in, smoking a pack of 20 Giants. Choke, choke Matt Giant. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah, that probably is the singular highlight for me. Um, So, Disco is here. He's teasing uh, both a major blockbuster announcement oh, hang, and saying hang on, that... Hang on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. He, we skipped it. Because... the whole Conan segment. Yeah. So, Conan, his music video came back. Um, it was the same one we saw a couple of weeks ago. But uh, we do get told during this segment that we can expect another Conan music video coming in January. Ooh. Very exciting. And Disco obviously here out here doing an audition for it um, because he said he wishes he could get a music video from WCW himself. Um, <clears throat> so Conan comes out and uh, he does his shtick. His shtick is very over. Um but unfortunately, then makes uh, he makes a homophobic guy as part does, of this, which yeah. is not great. Um, we'll we'll say less about that and more about something that's mentioned during the intro here, and that is what a nice man Diamond Dallas Page is, because during Conan's entrance, they mention that uh, over the Christmas period in Atlanta, uh, DDP is running what I believe is the third annual Santa Bash for an Atlanta children's charity. So it's like, come meet some wrestlers. I think Paige, Kimberly, uh, Bobby was teasing that, you know, people just pop up as a surprise. Mm -hmm. So get your tickets. All the proceeds from it go to charity. And like, it might not seem like an exceptional thing in the day and age of, you know, John Cena doing his Make-A-Wish and stuff like this. But this was a, a, a great many years before large corporate professional wrestling we're starting to use mm-hmm. charities as part of a, a kind of positive PR campaign from this out. That's not to take anything away from John Cena, who does fantastic work with Make-A-Wish. But, you know, WWE definitely encouraged that stuff now the as part of yeah. their uh, part of their branding. Whereas back in 1998, this wasn't really a mm-hmm. thing that people thought to do or publicize that much. So the fact DDP was doing this when he probably wasn't getting any great thanks for it is uh, is terrific stuff. Fair play to him. I actually wonder how long he kept that going on for. Um, it'd be interesting to, to have a look and see if there's any online documentation of it. Um. So it's like this match is a couple of minutes long. It's Disco versus Conan for the TV title. It's back and forth, and Conan wins with a Tequila Sunrise. I, I thought uh, this was a pretty good match, considering the yeah, participants. They, yeah, considering the participants, they have it, it makes sense then why the two of them will end up allied with each other down the road, as they seem to have a surprising amount of chemistry yeah, together. It's strange, isn't it? Like that bad wrestlers a, sometimes just click. For a guy who's like, do you know, I, I do the gimmick, uh, just to rile up you and Chris, friend of the show, Chris, uh, <laughs> where I bury Disco at every opportunity. But, like, he's not horrendous. Like, he's just painfully mediocre. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and really needs to be in there with somebody above him to have a good match. Um, so you have that on one side of the ring and a guy who is, like, I think is the most notorious for phoning it in wrestler on this roster, which takes some fucking doing. <laughs> and yeah, it's decent, but like nothing remarkable. I, I, I think there's two main talking points to take away from the match. Um, one, they're still, the commentators are still pushing this. Disco is a really good wrestler when he concentrates. <laughs> but he doesn't. But he doesn't. Like, Tony mentions early on in the show, I think uh, Conan drops him with a DDT. And Tony's like, well, have you noticed that Disco hasn't tried to fix his hair? He hasn't done this in a while. Like, he, he's really trying. And Bobby is kind of like still, still doing that thing where he's getting on him. But also complimenting him for not, you know, fucking about. Yeah. And I think that's interesting that, like, they're still trying to push this narrative that Disco is a little bit of a, a made guy, almost. Um, mm. The other thing, the other main takeaway for me is the Wolfpack. They really, really put over strong that the Wolfpack are on a roll now. There's momentum behind yeah. them. Um, mm. Can't imagine why. <laughs> they say, like, you know, Nash winning the Battle Royal, Luger's been undefeated for a while, Conan wins the TV belts. They're like saying, you know, there's real momentum now behind the, the wolf pack. Oh, that's something I meant to mention in the um the contract signing segment is how great like so Conan and Nash are being absolute hammered goofs, mm-hmm. making faces and stuff like that. And at one point, the camera pulls out, and you see the entirety of the ring. And in the middle of them being cartoon characters, Lex is just standing there dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like. Uh, guys, I got a flight to catch. Can we fucking wrap this up? Like, it was great. Um, yeah, so Conan wins with a Tequila Sunrise, which leads us into our our main event. And I was kind of surprised when I looked at my I, at my clock and realized it was going to be the main event because I thought this show had absolutely flown by. Yeah, to this they really have. Um, and like to be a show that overruns but still flies by is a pretty unique achievement for this company, I think. Um, so I, I, we should say this is the first title defense for our new martial arts division champion. Indeed, indeed, it was. Um, so it's the battle of the Scots as well as uh, a martial arts division championship encounter. Uh, as Scott Hall is coming out to the ring, I popped huge for Tony saying Scott Hall has really cleaned up over the last couple of months. I was like, really, <laughs> really. <laughs> It's been like two weeks, charitably speaking. I mean, comparatively. Yeah, comparatively. And like, regrettably, in real life, it was going in the exact opposite mm-hmm. direction for the poor guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Hall starts strong. They talk about how he's now one of the best competitors in the world mm-hmm. again. Um, and even though he starts strong, there's shenanigans almost immediately as uh, the ref hooks his leg uh, and tries to fast count him. Yeah, we, uh, we, we should say that it's still the NWO ref doing Scott Steiner's yeah. matches because WCW refs refuse to get in the ring with him. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, he tries to fast count him, and it's one of the times I think, like, I hate the heel ref thing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people are completely over the heel ref yeah. thing in this day and age. So especially watching back heel ref stuff, I'm just like, oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. But uh, it's one of the, I, I don't want to say better because I don't want to imply it's good, but it's one of the more realistic ones that like every opportunity the NWRF has to try and fast count uh, Scott Hall, he takes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, the thing that fucks me off most about the heel ref gimmick is when the heel ref calls it down the middle for 20 minutes <laughs> and then starts fast counting. And I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. Um, anyway, 
so the the story of the match i enjoyed you know relative to usual mwo main events and that is that the the deck is stacked against newly found babyface scott hall mm-hmm. but even in spite of the fact that the odds seem insurmountable scott hall will not give up um he, he, so, he has steiner beat a couple of times like yeah and we get absolute slow motion in treacle counting mm-hmm. um so, like, even though, as you said, we hate the shtick, I think the job of this match was to come in and do a lot of the dirty work in convincing you that Scott Hall is now a valiant babyface, yeah. and it achieves that massively, yeah. I think. Re- really, did, really did a good job of really re-establishing Scott as a babyface. Yeah. Um, so, Hall goes for the outsider edge, which even when he was a low-down, dirty heel, um, he and the move were still very much over. Excuse me, it's now the edge. It's, yeah, it's now the edge. They kept calling it the edge. Um, it's a lot cooler. Yeah, so <laughs> he goes for it, and NWO ref pulls uh, Steiner back down to the floor. Actually, uh, we, we should say he struggled to get Scott Steiner up in position. Yeah, well, that is that is a beefy boy, <laughs> to be fair. I, I um, worried for the two of them for a moment. <laughs> yeah, that they were both going to topple over. Um. So the ref then eats the edge instead. Uh, Scott Hall turns around into a clothesline from Steiner. Steiner recliner very liberally applied and we go completely off the air as Hall sort of does but sort of doesn't pass out. Um, As far as, because this is another no contest because the ref is knocked out. um, As far as an NWO non-finish main event, I think this is easily the best yeah. and most uh, logical mm-hmm. one in the entire history of this program. I, 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 in spite of the fuck finish, I actually really liked it because yeah. you're not having the newly turned Scott Hall lose. Yeah. The new heel leader of the NWO loses nothing because he still mm-hmm. laid out the, the good guy. Yeah. The ref is the only one that fucking ate any offense. And like you, like you, previously pointed out scott hall really came across as a proper valiant baby face that people should be getting behind yeah um i i will say my one thing that i would detract from it is that perhaps it will have even more impact if there wasn't an nwo schmoz finish in the main event every week on thunder if this had been the first one in like six months it would have been shocking to see the new hero lose consciousness and fucking credits roll um but we can't have everything eh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in summation, looking back at uh, episode 42 of Thunder Lee, what did you think of the show overall, and who were your winners and losers? Uh, we mentioned that type of show. Like, con- considering we haven't seen any WCW content in over like 10 days of you know real time, it's amazing how seamlessly we, we were able to keep up with things. They, yeah. like... They really did a good job of kind of informing. Like you said, it seems that they totally forgot everything that happened on the first Nitro. That's fine. Yeah. The pay-per-view is in the past. That's grand. It was a shit yeah. pay-per-view anyway. Yeah. But they, I thought they did a solid job kind of getting you informed. Like, Bret Hart wasn't on the show. So we would never have known. Only for they mentioned it at the top of the show. And you saw a brief clip of Giant yeah. laying out DDP. Um mm-hmm. We wouldn't have, like, I know we hated the video package, but we wouldn't have known where Hogan was, mm-hmm. but they recapped that to fucking beat us to death with it. Like, you're told Bischoff and Flair, Goldberg and Nash are signed. There's no backing yeah. out of them now. 
Yeah, essentially we've got the top two matches mm-hmm. for the pay-per-view on our first Thunder of the month. So it's still, I think it's just less than four weeks to go. Um, so yeah, like I, I thought this was a really solid effort and probably one of the best Thunders we've had in a couple of months. Yeah, I, I would actually go so far as to say before you get your winners and losers that I think it was my favourite single episode of Thunder so far. Like, if I'm to detach myself from the excitement of when we started doing the programme. Yeah, like, I think that's fair. I really do. To yeah. genuinely think it's one of the best efforts they've put in. Yeah, if it isn't the best, it's not far off. Like, it's top three. It's in the Champions League spots. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, your winners and losers, Val. Um, winners and losers. I think the two winners that stand out to me most are Conan and Scott Hall. I thought they did a really good job establishing that Conan being TV champ is like a big deal. They didn't say, you know, beating Jericho, who had been champion for X amount of days, was something big, but they really put over, like I said, the, the whole idea of the Wolfpack getting momentum and that Conan yeah. was a big part of it. Um, and secondly, Scott Hall, babyface. They've, they've done a good job. Yeah, can't take that away from them. I think the the list of losers for this episode is very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't really, like, apart from maybe Chocolate Chip Mitten, <laughs> who got stomped into the fucking dirt, I can't really think of a huge outstanding Yeah, candidate. I mean, Chocolate Chip getting built up on the opening of the show as, you know, one of the stars of the show, and Chocolate Chip is in, in action tonight, and then he just gets squashed. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't think there's any real losers coming out of the show in general. No. Um, our finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borger. We have eight matches with five clean finishes, one count out, and two no contests. Um, so yeah, uh, a, a marvellous episode on the Thunder scale. Uh, really enjoyed it. It's actually after going over to... <laughs> after doing two back-to-back very bad pay-per-views i think this is the show i needed to re-energize mm-hmm. me going into starcade month before my hopes are dashed yet again <laughs> um but we're on the road now lee we're on the road to starcade yeah. it has been a pleasure having you all back with us on your regularly scheduled days of thunder uh we'll be back in two weeks as always uh stay safe and we'll talk to you all soon thanks everyone for downloading another episode of days of thunder days of thunder is produced by lee malone and edited by myself dave ryan and available every second thursday night wherever good podcasts are sold you can follow days of thunder on twitter or instagram where we love to hear from our listeners about all things wrestling and beer we're at wcw thunderpod on both platforms I'm at the day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. This has been a production of the PWOM Podcast Network. Subscribe there for a veritable feast of podcasting content from wrestling of the past like the Worldcast through the years in the International House of Combat to wrestling of the present with Boom Goes the Dynamite and Strong Style Story and something a little bit different with Gideon Guys, Yours, Mine and the Truth and Busting Balls. Subscribe now, you won't be disappointed. Thanks. I can feel the thunder that's breaking in your heart I can see through the scars inside you I can feel the thunder that's breaking in your heart I can see through the scars